Hello and welcome back to Our House, the podcast series that explores the weird, wonderful and sometimes shocking history of houses that have appeared on the front of old postcards. For those that haven't listened before, my name is Dr Michaela Hume and I'm a professional historian and genealogist. Don't forget, if you like this podcast series, please like, subscribe and share. If you'd like to contact me about anything you hear, you can do so via my website at michaelahume.com, via Twitter at UnearthThePast, or via Facebook at Michaela Hume. So sit back, relax, and join me as we go through the door of Mrs. Dixon's famous Blackpool boarding house. If you missed last week's podcast, you can still download it. So please do, because you missed a cracker. We had uh, a murder, a robbery, even a famous occupant. We had everything last week. And that is why this week we are back. We are back in Blackpool, one of my favourite places ever. So I am super excited again this week to be back in Blackpool. This week, though, we have moved on from Albert Road and we are on Charnley Road, 58 Charnley Road. And this is the part of the podcast where I do an absolutely dreadful job of trying to describe what this house looks like. Um, I do have the original postcard in front of me and I will recommend that um, you ignore everything I say to you and you actually go and look at the original because I promise you it will probably be nothing like what I'm trying to describe. If you want to see the original you can find it on the blog which accompanies this podcast and that is at www.michaelahume.com and if you look under blogs you will see the blog there for 58 Charnley Road. So here goes. Um, 58 Charnley Road is a Victorian villa. It is on one, two, three, four, five floors. There are nice stone steps leading up to the front door. There are net curtains at the windows and the ground floor, the basement and the first floor have beautiful big bay windows. And I think I can actually make out that the ground floor and the first floor, there are actually vases at the windows. Also of note is in between the two windows on the ground and the first floor, there is actually a sign and that sign says Dixon's. This sign is important because it's the surname of the Dixon family and the Dixon family took over the house in 1900. Now, by then, Blackpool had already established itself as a seaside resort. And by this point, it was attracting mill workers from across the northwest, particularly the Lancashire cotton towns. Now, from the 1870s onwards, several aligning factors made resorts such as Blackpool accessible to working class holidaymakers. And these factors included things such as an accessible transportation system, a rise in real wages, which meant that workers for the first time, probably that century, could actually put a bit of money aside and save for things like a trip to the seaside for a holiday. Also, to facilitate this, we see the rise of savings clubs, and often these savings clubs were organised by an employer, a temperance society, a church, um, a local school, or even sometimes the local pub. 
And finally, people were actually permitted to take time off by their employer. So it's worth remembering that at this point, if people took holidays, they weren't actually paid for them. And holidays before this period would have just been, you know, I don't know, half a day here or half a day there. But by the end of the 19th century, workers are actually getting consecutive days off work, which meant that they could go to places like Blackpool. Alongside tourists, the resort also attracted those that were coming to seek new employment opportunities like Thomas Dixon and his wife Jane. Now the family had moved to Blackpool from Burnley and they first appear at the address on the 1901 census. Now with the house only being built a few years before, it is likely, I don't have any evidence for this apart from working out on census records when it's there and when it's not there, um, it is likely that they were actually the first occupants of 58 Charnley Road. The 1901 census reveals that Thomas and Jane were both in their 40s when they moved to the resort. They also have two children, Martha Jane, who is 16, and Florence, who is only two. Also living at the address is a Victoria Bennett. She's a boarder and she's employed as a servant in the resort. One thing that did strike me when I looked at the census is the big age gap between the two children so I decided to do a bit of investigating. Now I discovered that Thomas Dixon and Jane Dixon, knee Whitaker, married in Burnley in 1884. They weren't married long when Jane fell pregnant and had their first child, their daughter. Now in between the daughter being born in Burnley and the youngest child, which was born in Blackpool, they actually had a son who sadly died. Now, I've not been able to order the death certificate, so I don't actually know what the young boy died of and I don't know how old he was when he died. But if I look at when the birth was registered and when the death was registered, there is only a year gap in between. Unfortunately, I wasn't actually able to find the family on any other census records apart from the two when I have them in Blackpool. Now, I know they got married in 1884, so the only other census that I would be able to trace them on as a family would be the 1891 census. So unfortunately, I don't have any information such as what Thomas did for a job or where the family lived. Um, it's just information that at this moment in time, I've not been able to find. What we do know, though, is they must have been in Blackpool from 1899 because that is when their youngest daughter, Florence, was born. And we know from the census record that she was actually born in Blackpool. The census also shows that Thomas was not actually employed in the boarding house business. He was employed as a road corporation labourer and would later become a corporation lamplighter. It was actually Jane Dixon that ran the whole boarding house business. That must have been a bit of a challenge for Jane because don't forget, she would have had a daughter at that point who was only one and a half years old. So trying to run the business and look after, you know, a small child must have been really, really challenging. I mean, I struggle trying to record this podcast with my puppy Henry constantly jumping on my knee and wanting to play with me. And apologies if you do ever hear him in the background. But one could only imagine how difficult it must have been to run a massive boarding house whilst also trying to care for the couple's young daughter. Now, it is worth noting that when Jane first 
started managing 58 Charlie Road, it was not actually called a boarding house. It was called a company house. Now, a Blackpool guidebook does offer some definition of the different types of accommodation available to visitors in 1897. And they say the first classification are hotels, hydros and boarding houses. And they offer inclusive rates for meals and a room. Classification number two would be private apartments. And this is where the rate quoted is for a room with meals cooked by a landlord or landlady using ingredients provided by the guests. And the third classification is company houses and lodging houses. And this is where the guests rented a room or bed and they could either buy their own food, which would be cooked on site and served to them in their rooms or in a dining room, or they could just dine out. In order to attract visitors to the boarding house, Jane regularly advertised the homely features of the accommodation in newspapers across the country. And she stated, and these are quite bold claims, the best place for comfort in Blackpool is Mrs Dixon's. In the advert, she also highlights her competitive prices, charging two shillings for night for bed for one person or four shillings for a bed and board. For those staying for the week, there was a separate price for men, which was 25 shillings, and women, it was 21 shillings. Jane's hard work in making the boarding house a success definitely seems to have paid off, with 58 Charlie Road gaining a reputation as one of the best boarding houses to stay at in Blackpool. Now, rather unusually, and this is the only postcard I've ever found, by the way, of any boarding house that actually shows the interior. So we have a postcard of the exterior, but I've also managed to find a postcard, which I had to buy from Australia, by the way, and have it sent over, of what the dining room of Mrs. Dixon's famous boarding house looks like. And mm, if you've ever seen a Victorian dining room and when I think of a Victorian dining room, I think of, you know, sort of flowered walls and clutter. This would be that. So there are random pictures. There is a beautiful big sideboard that's just full of plants and pictures. The dining table is quite extravagant, really. It's got, um, you know, loads of fresh flowers on there and and you know, it's really is a for me. I mean, don't forget, she would have known that this photograph was being taken. So she would have probably spent a bit of time doing this because obviously it's a form of advertisement and she would have been facing a lot of competition in Blackpool at this time. Now, if again, if you don't forget, if you want to see these images, you can check out my blog, um, 458 Charlie Road for Mrs. Dixon's boarding house. And all these pictures are featured in the blog. Now, by 1915, 58 Charlie Road was no longer Dixon's boarding house. It was Dixon's famous boarding house. It attracted families coming to Blackpool for a holiday, as well as those who needed a short-term place to stay while they were employed in the resort. And you often find, if you look on the census, that in the basement, there are people who are clearly not there for a holiday. And you can tell by, you know, by the jobs they are doing, that they are actually there in the resort to work. Now, the census of 1911 does reveal that the boarding house had a staggering 22 rooms. 
It also states that four members of the Dixon family are living at the address and that is Thomas, Jane and their children Martha Jane and Florence. One of the Dixon children, Martha Jane, is also assisting in the business and previously Martha Jane had been employed as a baker's assistant. Now, sadly, only a few months after the census was taken, Martha Jane passed away. Now, she was only 26 and her cause of death on her death certificate is listed as an acute appendicitis that she'd been suffering with for 11 days. Now, the Dixon family remained at 58 Charnley Road throughout World War I. However, not long after the war had ended, they sold the business to a Jane and Charles pile. Like the Dixon family, it would be the female of the household, which was Jane Pyle, who would take over the boarding house business. Although there may have been cosmetic changes inside, I don't know because I don't have any photographic evidence of inside the house when uh, the Piles lived there. She did still decide to trade under the name of Dixon's famous boarding house. And that's probably because at this point it was probably well known and it must have had quite a lot of visitors. She remained at the boarding house for the next 10 years and only left in 1930 to take up a new position as the manager of a boarding house on Albert Road. The next proprietor of 58 Charlie Road was Ellen Nellie Challoner and her husband John Thomas Challoner, who actually went by his middle name of Tom. The couple had moved from Chelford Street in Manchester and one of the first significant decisions Ellen made was to actually ditch the Dixon brand and she came up with a new name which was Progress House. She also changed the tone of the newspaper advert, so gone with the, you know, the homely comforts that Jane Dixon promoted. Ellen thought that the main selling point of the boarding house was actually its location. Being only two minutes from the station, promenade and winter gardens. To attract custom, she kept the prices competitive, charging seven shillings and six, which is about... £26 in today's money, and that was for men, and seven shillings, which was about £24 in today's money for women, that was per night. This price included good food and, quote, no extras. In 1939, Ellen's husband Thomas sadly passed away, and every single year, without fail, on the anniversary of his death, Ellen took out a memorandum in the local newspaper stating how much she loved and missed him. And these are really sad. In fact, if I had sad music, I would be playing that sad music now. I hope you've got a tissue handy because I'm going to read a couple of these out. So the first one says, In loving memory of my husband Thomas, who died January the 31st, 1939. Loving and giving, unselfish and kind, a beautiful memory left behind. From his dear wife, Ellen Challoner. Then another one we've got here. You often said we would miss you. Your words have never proved so true. Never a day passes without I think of you. And then we've got another one. Uh, in loving memory of a dear husband, Thomas Challoner, who died on January the 31st, 1939. A star is shining, 
o'er the grave of one I loved but could not save. And then the last one I'll read for you today is what I would give to see him smile, to sit with him and talk a while. Now the exact date when Ellen left 58 Charlie Road is not clear. I know she was still there in 1949. However, I found a newspaper advert in 1960, which reveals that the boarding house has new owners. And not only does it have new owners, it also now has a very exotic name. It is now called the Bally High Hotel. So it's not the Dixon's boarding house. It's not Progress House. It's the Bally High Hotel. For the first time in its history, the hotel offers guests such luxuries as a wardrobe in every room and also a TV in the lounge. From the 1960s onwards, visitor numbers to Blackpool began to slowly decline. This was in part due to the arrival of package holidays abroad to places such as the Mediterranean, where hot weather and sandy beaches were always guaranteed. Almost guaranteed. The demographic of those still visiting Blackpool also changed. According to Brodie and Whitfield, in 1972, it was estimated that the majority of visitors to Blackpool were over the age of 45 and were from lower social groups. Today, the boarding house is still standing. It actually forms part of the Wilkinson's Hotel Group, who purchased 58 to 68 Charlie Road and knocked them through to make one big hotel. If you can actually look past the lime green paint and the alterations to the entrance, you can still just about make out the old boarding house. So I know that you're probably wondering, well, what happened to Mrs. Dixon? You know, Mrs. Dixon's famous boarding house. What happened to Mrs. Dixon? Well, in 1924, I actually find the couple on the electoral register and they're now living in a basement apartment on Longsdale Road which was only actually a short walk from the promenade. Both Thomas and Jane could vote. Thomas could vote because he had a residence qualification and also an occupational qualification and an occupation an occupational qualification if I can say it. Um if you don't know it had actually nothing to do with his job. It was actually meant that um it was his occupation inside a property not to do with what he did working. Um, so he qualified because he had a residence qualification and an occupational qualification. Jane could also vote and that's because of her husband's occupational qualification. Now don't forget this is 1924 and we know that in 1918 the Representation of the People Act passed that actually gave Jane the vote. Now she qualified to vote because she was over the age of 30 and her husband met the, the property qualification. Um, it wouldn't actually be until 1928 with the Equal Franchise Act that women had equal voting rights to men. And this now meant that all women over the age of 21 could vote in elections. And some 15 million women were eligible to vote in 1928. The 1924 Electoral Register is actually the last electoral register that I find the pair on as a couple. Sadly, Thomas Dixon passed away the following year. Following his death, Jane Dixon does move around quite a bit. And I think it's every other electoral register that, that I find her on. She is living at a different address. Jane Dixon passed away in 1936. She was 77 years old. 
Her only surviving daughter, Florence, married uh, a George Dews, and they moved out of Blackpool to a place, a place called Fleetwood, which isn't actually, if you know Blackpool, it's not actually that far away at all. Florence actually followed in her sister's footsteps, because I don't know if you remember on Martha Jane on the 1901 census, it said that she was a confectioner and baker. Well, Florence also went on to become a confectioner and a cake maker. So that is it for this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to be now shutting the door firmly on Mrs. Dixon's boarding house. Next week is our last week in Blackpool before we head south into Cheshire, where we're going to be leaving boarding houses behind and we're going to be opening the door to a pub. Don't forget, if you like this podcast, please, please like, subscribe and share. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can do so via my website, which is michaelahume.com, via Twitter at UnearthThePast or via Facebook at Michaela Hume. Thank you very much for listening and until next week, bye-bye.